Yavel bang. All right, I guess we're going to do, I mean, you had a rough morning. How was your night? Did you have a good one? I had a better night than I had a morning. Court. (laughs) That doesn't make sense if we start. (laughs) Court, court, court. Bud bud court, bud court. What is that movie? Did you have a, uh, what is that movie? Did you have a good Herald? Maud. Bud court, (laughs) night court. Link it. (laughs) Poor bud court. You're such a cute kid. All right. Well, I guess uh, please rise. I would like to welcome the Honorable Hans K. Freiwald. Oh, thanks, Case. And let me welcome you, the Honorable Case Van Heel, and sitting astride him. Is that a word? Always astride me. Sitting astride <laughs> is our, uh, uh, what are you this week, is our court reporter, Ash Van Gehring. Welcome, Ash. Nice to see Ooh, you. Oh, demoted. Thank you. Nice to be here. Yeah, wasn't I the, the prosecutor? I was Liz last you week. Were not, now you're. I don't even have a character name this week. Liz ain't reporter. on the show no more. You're crusty Lana. Where's that open, open-titted open blazer? <laughs> Sorry. I'd, I'd rather be Carla B. Yeah, you're the fish sticks in the pocket of tonight's episode. Give me a towel, gentlemen. Please, Ash, remind me. I don't want to be um, a body shamer or a female shamer. So when I get to that, <laughs> female. Okay. When I get to that, please, please allow me to preface my love for many things prior to what I have to say, and then bring in the scagginess of of men as well. Um, with that, that we're we're on case number seven, episode seven, guys. Once in love with yeah. Harry. Oh, nice. nice yeah. Nice. Yeah, um, whew. I gotta tell you. <laughs> let me preface it. Let me get right into it. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, go we'll, we'll obviously, as Let's we go. do, we'll, we'll get right into where where the episode starts and and what's becoming one of my favorite settings, the cafeteria, and it gets more and more cafeteria esque. Oh yeah, you know it's a good one when it starts in the cafeteria. Um, we 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 have a return of 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 a of a of a wonderful character Carly like, B before the we hooker. Get too far ahead, do we want to do the? We did the title. Do we have a description? Oh yeah yeah yeah. You're right. You're right. I I, I shouldn't. I, whew, spoilers. I might have to <laughs> blarney blarney blank that out. Um, <laughs> that's that's a deep cut for you jerk practice listeners. Also also available on iTunes. All right. I actually brought guys. I keep coming hot with new descriptions. Last week was one from Brooklyn Crotch. I have the traditional wiki description. This week I'm coming hot with the standardized Amazon description. Mm-hmm. Episode seven, entitled "Once in Love with Harry." We have our good pals back. Jay Sandrich is directing, and we have our our God in Heaven's Reinhold Wiggy is oh, the you can tell creator and writer of this. Oh yeah, definitely. While attorney Dan Fielding seems to be losing the city council election to a dead man, spoiler, sorry, a seemingly naive Judge Harry Stone is surprised to learn a hooker, as it's said in this episode, (laughs) Carla B., by Lana, Carla B. has frequently his courtroom, wait, sorry, what? Has frequented. Has been, oh, sorry, Carla B. has been frequenting his courtroom because she's fallen in love with him. I guess no lead be buried. No, um, Lena. 
I guess this is. I'm yeah. glad I didn't read that because I didn't. I didn't know what was coming because I didn't read the description before we started. I mean, we've talked about it in the past. Is, is that, I would assume that's kind of a standard sort of TV guide. Like, you don't want to come in blind. You're like, oh, it's the first time I've ever seen this. I don't think so. I think that's a long description for like a TV guide. I think like Harry learns a secret about a you know no, a, a right. frequent guest to court. Just a bad Amazon. Spoilers, Amazon. Well, I think it's also Night Court, so it's about, you know, the going 20 on. years after the fact, True. 30 years. They're just like, hey, this happens in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> so you hey. can just read it and like, so you can talk to your nerdy three friends at Spoiler a bar. Spoiler alert, Carla B. digs him. Well, I got a, I mean, the wiki is, it's still as spoilery. It's just a little tighter. I guess in a TV guide in smush format, you'd be like, what is that, a paragraph? But it's just one sentence. It's a hooker develops a crush on Harry and Dan loses a city council <laughs> position to a dead man. Again, I don't think hooker's an appropriate affair. Uh, you're not supposed to use the term hooker. No. The- you know what? I- we talked about it. Yeah. It's a little spicy. <laughs> you know, a little German day almost. A get- it gets to a parade. <laughs> Quickly getting to parade territory. Well, when did that happen? Just to, to side note that with this transition, because now it's sex worker. Yes, sex yes, worker is. is the most appropriate, but I don't remember hearing that until, I mean, I would say within the last ten years. Oh my god, I would say within the last two years. Yeah, like it, it, that—that's a fairly new thing. I mean, I don't know many sex workers, but is it one of those things like I would, have if s- any, um, do they prefer? Do they care? Do they? Is that something w- was put upon them, or is that something they have? I believe that they do, only for the fact that a lot of people right now, like any type of profile that you're going to read that has to do with that, that person has made a, a conscious decision to do to you know uh, get Be into that line of work. Yeah, um, it's just more appropriate. I also, but even before then, at the time, I would have said prostitute before hooker. Hooker. I, I guess it, it's almost like the the hobo I was gonna say tramp that. conversation. Is it the same tier have? of quality? Like hookers, the hobo obviously of like the... we call girl is would I assume be the high, like call girl is escort. it like call girl escort call yeah. girl prostitute hooker? But an escort <laughs> doesn't isn't necessarily illegal. It's not necessarily. Oh, how naive they be! But that's at the top. Here's here's I can break it right down for you. Two tears. Two tears. Many more tears are shed, though. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yes. Always. There's two tiers of sex workers. One that uh-huh. gives a shit if you call him a hooker, and one that's like, <laughs> I don't fucking give a fuck what you call me. Shut your mouth and pay me. Or open it so I can pee in it, <laughs> but pay me. Uh, that'll be $1,500. And then you go, all right, hooker. And then they'll fucking... Pull their ruby pissed their 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 um what's that <laughs> sexy <called>? derringer? <laughs> they're bedazzled chucka nuns, yeah. chucka sticks. Chucka sticks, yeah. And then there's the sex worker who's like fucking not in a good place. Like they're not doing it to get through business school. They're fucking hooking because they're hooked, which is where the term comes from on drugs, <laughs> as my oh, mom would God. say. Happy Mother's Day out there. (laughs) (laughs) I really think like it's, yeah, it's just the connotation of hooker. Like even Hans, whenever you say hooker, it has this just 
overly negative implication because of the you know the cadence yeah. and pitch that you're using when you I'm say the word. I'm using night court pitch. Night court pitch. Yeah, hooker. I, I think hooker. Yeah. You take pudding from a hooker, and it's the way she says pudding too. <laughs> yeah. I'm off put by pudding. I don't you're want. Like, I don't like ever. pudding anymore. Put that pudding. I really thought we would go somewhere sexual with that pudding, and I was going like, "Oh, this is getting I wasn't, moderately if, uncomfortable." If that was an innuendo, not comfortable with. I really thought pudding it was being getting innuendo for vagina. Well, and then it started saying bread pudding, and I was uh, like, "Where are we going?" Little yeasty pudding is just yeah. whatever. No fair. No fair. It's going to be I offensive. Like we can get to it later, yeah, and I don't mean to offend any oh, lady gross. listeners out there, but I do. It's just interesting because- Your mom's listening? 80s style, <laughs> it was so different. You're an asshole. <laughs> Take 80s him style. to court. Take, that's the new catchphrase. See <laughs> you in court. court. See you <laughs> in <Or> yeah. court. <laughs> that's the hype. We're getting hyped up like for when we have to do our pod battle against Bazinga no, Boys. But- <laughs> Take them no, to but- court. To court. Take them to court. Hook them. Hook them. Hook him. Hook him. Hook him. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Oh, God. 80s style was so different, and the hair and the makeup that, in my opinion, anyone, regardless of attractiveness level, regardless of age, you looked older than you actually were. You were aged by the styles by of life, the time. As we find so, out. without oh, wanting oh, to yeah. offend anybody, over under on how old Carla was because I had an impression and then when we saw her later in the episode in a, a more toned down form and I saw her skin, I was like, well, maybe I was incorrect. Yeah. Carla so is we'll- an undead beast of a hooking woman. <laughs> preface it. Preface it. <laughs> Love the actress. I'm sure she's beautiful. And she looks exactly the way she that I want my TV sex workers to right. look. She looks like a woman who started, not necessarily, let's say, being a hooker or a sex worker. Someone who started selling themselves in the late 70s. Yeah. Mid to late. Like, she looks appropriate like she looks worn by the world she looks like somebody has who has loose teeth from cocaine probably in real life (laughs) and she's an actress which just means she's a great actress she's not that's carla b she's not afraid to ugly it up she's she'll do what needs to be done for the character she says you want a skag i'll give you i'll give it to you you're gonna have to wipe you're gonna have to scrape me off your shoe night court because i'm gonna give you all i got she did and then she did. i think she upped everybody's game because i know you mm-hmm. guys have more on this actor than i do but carla b was not the skaggiest member of episode seven night court i think i no. found my no. all-time favorite crustiest Skag. sickliest looking man of of all hashtag TV time. fish sticks hashtag, hashtag fish, sticks. fish sticks yeah exactly all right so now we we discussed now we all know carla b is back the hooker with the heart of gold. Uh, the episode, she comes in pretty much immediately, but it starts, like, as we were saying, in the cafeteria. Meeting of, like, the level playing field, judge, hooker, crappy reporter, crazy person, everyone's equal in the cafeteria. Yep, exactly. And They're the first the thing we see level. is old Judge Harry T and uh, Nostradamus Bull Shannon. Loading up on Chow. We got now, a food joke coming. This is also before we get to the joke. 
This is night court. So imagine what it's going to do to your metabolism to eat all of that in the middle of the night. Cause what, what is this? So like 12, 1 a.m.? 1 a.m. probably. Oh, yeah, yeah, like midnight. Do you think bull? Do you think they're all day drinkers, like like sick, disgusting day drinkers, just to get? Well, it's New York to, City, just to stay equipped with the rest of the world, so they don't. Have it's to New go York out in City, sunlight. and it's New York City in the '80s, so I'm sure that there are plenty of after-hour bars that they go to, or a when bar they get out, Muldoon's like, that is just open. Yeah, at eight a.m. It's like that's. Like that bar we went to in L.A., which That's is That's what like, I was just going to say. It's almost like season two of The Wire. Like, go to the bar at 6 a.m. Yeah. No, I guarantee it. Like, when Bull gets out of work at 5 a.m. He puts an egg in a beer, chugs it down. Yeah, he go. there's a I bar that's open. I just watched that cocktail. Are you cocktail referencing? No, I'm not. I'm actually The Wire referencing, but cocktail- Oh yeah, well. egg in the beer, cocktail yeah. oh, yeah. and dreams, egg cocktails and dreams. I just watched that this week. That movie that makes me sicker than Carla B. Oh, Tom Cruise I, is a Carla B in that movie. He really he is. is. A Carla B. Tom Cruise is <laughs> is cruising, starring Al Pacino. Yeah, I was just gonna be mean. I was just gonna. Tom Cruise was not. What what do I give a fuck? He's he's a good guy. He was just not a very good looking man for but that's the eighties. Like he was like cool actor. Like he didn't have to have perfect teeth or be like super skinny. Like you see Tom Cruise, he's a dis like look at him. Look at like the hot boys of the eighties in Top Gun. Tom Cruise in front of the mirror in the locker room has briefs up slightly resting under his nipples and he has like <laughs> spinach in his teeth and hair coming out of his nose and he's the heartthrob hunk yeah so I, where was i going i don't know i'm just beauty I'm just, standards have changed since the 80s yes and going. tv standards and not for the better there's also, no there's no lady. carla b's in the world i'm not a super huge fan of tom cruise you know overall but I certainly don't think he's unattractive, and I think he had that definitely charm prep boy quality that everybody loved in the eighties. I, you know, I, I get it. Yeah, yeah but just I, I'm saying this is a good. I agree, and I think, but I think that. I mean, that we're talking charm. about Tom Cruise as if he's hideous. Like it, it, it's completely not debatable. He's an attractive man. No, he's you not gotta perfect. go back. You he's gotta not go back perfectly and look. symmetrical. Dude, I have Risky Business is one of my favorite movies of all time. Yeah, 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 but go back and look at it. He's got like, um, he's got old big old schnoz. He's got like ratty <laughs> teeth that are flapping over each other. He's got a dead eye, like he's a pirate. And but he's got like beautiful. He's beautiful and charismatic in his personality, which carried him through. And now he's if you a look beautiful at him, pirate. He's, he's fixed all the quote unquote flaws that aren't flaws, which is the same thing that Hollywood has done to our TV hookers. You know what I mean? You see a hooker in um, uh, what's a show that's on TV now? Yes, dear. Uh, like a uh, yes, dear. like a, uh, uh, what's that? What's the big courtroom show? Um, like Law, Law and Order? Order. You see a hooker in Law and Order. They are like attractive, like like yeah, twenty first century Tom Cruise attractive. <laughs> I know someone. I know an actor who has played a hooker on Law and Order SVU, and she is one of the most beautiful people I've ever met up close and personal. Aaron Ruth. Oh yeah, she's a hooker. Well, an ex-hooker. Yeah, an ex-former hooker. Former hooker. She hung up her spurs. She she spurs. 
<laughs> More ways than one. In the show. In the, the show. show. Not in life. So where were we? Tom Cruise is a troll. So we were getting into... We were talking about how much food Bull had. You oh. went day drinker, and we got off on a strange tangent. Um, so Bull <laughs> has a giant plate full of food. Yes, he does. What kind of food is on there? Is it like Hook-esque, not real food, like just colors and blobs? It looked like donuts. It looked like a pile of donuts and jello. Okay. That, that, which that would seems... be like Hook-esque Lost Boys food. Thought I saw some like mac and cheese or something, but it was a lot, a lot of food, and uh, and it was followed up by a joke that um, it was definitely a meat and potatoes dish. Yeah. It, it's uh, it's followed up by a joke that confirms Bull's um, uh, Looney Tunes esque status. Bull is Paul Bunyan. He's yes, a tall tale. Yes, thank you. Yeah, now we're going into yeah Bunyan territory. Because he literally was eating dozens of eggs in the morning and pounds of bacon. Yeah, to the point of what well, I don't even remember the the joke was just like my, Oh, he said that his <laughs> Night Court. What took hey. you so long, you skag? Yo, 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 Hansi in the house. You, uh, you should I can't wait. I'll I'll <laughs> I'll let you listen to this microphone. <laughs> That what it's been capturing the last, uh, as I've shared on our other podcast numerous times, my love of technology, and now it's it's sealed in this memory card for the world to fucking know. Well, and to counterbalance it, you can have uh, what Mr. and Mrs. Costanza talked about. We just talked about lunch and dinner. Oh yeah, you guys hungry? No, we're just talking about what we're gonna do. We had plans to go out to dinner tonight, and then I was just like, well, it's kind of a to-do because we need to talk to my grandma, Casey's mom, like, and then we have American Gods to watch. Like, there, there's just a lot going on. Gods in general, starring Jeff Daniels? <laughs> oh, that's good, too, though. It really is good. No, that uh, Neil Gaiman book, American Gods. Oh, yeah. Did you th- read that? Yeah, it's fantastic. It's, it's amazing. Uh, you, you gave it to me. The show is perfect. It's oh, so boy. good. Really, uh, Orla- and Orlando Jones plays Mister oh. Mister Anansi, the Spider Guy. Uh-huh. Yeah, of course. He has a monologue in episode two, and Holy I was Holy shit! And I was like, Orlando Jones may not have been gone, but to me, he's back, baby. He gives. You should look at it. Just look up his it's, monologue. It's, it's insane. Oh, did they clean up his trolley looking face too? Oh, he looks Orlando like a Jones doesn't have a troll face. I think you think everyone looks like a troll. Yeah. I got troll-colored lenses, baby. That's because I <laughs> hate glasses. myself. Hate my- Those Obamacare <laughs> glasses are yours. Everyone looks like a troll. <laughs> oh, my God. I recently rewatched Troll 2. Oh, American Gods. God. So a little hiccup. Little hiccup, but we're all good. And in fact, this new device I'm using is like looks amazing compared to the piece of dog No, I was going to say, you look, the picture on our end looks way smooth. <laughs> Same here. It was clear that this iPad is, it really is, and there's like no. Your iPad had trolley colored colored glasses on too. <laughs> Once uh, you know, like trolley, like, like troll son, like like troll tech, like troll dad. We're it's all just... we were all Neil Boggs. <laughs> <laughs> Neil oh, Bog, <laughs> so good. That's so good. What's Night Court spelled backwards? <laughs> <laughs> Truck we'll time. Have to find out. Truck ticket. Ashley's doing it right now. Noel. Um, it's Santa Claus. 
So we were talking about the uh, the uh, array of. Am I gonna go back there? I mean, I will try. Oh my god! Was... I mean, we gotta move past this bull joke, which we spent twenty <laughs> minutes on, which isn't even that great. That's T R U O. Truoxygen. Truoxygen. The last three words are gin, and I believe it. <laughs> oh, the baby. letters are G I N, and there's yeah. gonna be a lot of it. This show is an embodiment of smelling like gin. It Soaked really does. This it. episode smelled like gin. Yeah, it's a gin-soaked episode. Yeah, yeah, it's very in a good way though. Now that I'm thinking about perfect like, way, just mm, smells like Tangeray. Like even that worse guy. Stuff. I, I, I'll, I'll maybe I should. I'll, I'll try and go on YouTube and find like the history of what drunks on TV look like because this guy d- 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 blows them all away. Like right. they don't look drunk enough. They don't look like that guy. Every time that guy opened his mouth. I was like, oh, he's got like he just threw up in his like throat. Like he's like always oh, he's like always holding like down little, like some reflux. Oh, got a little something on that burp. Oh god. <clears throat> yeah. What smells like soup? Exactly. Yes. This guy. He, he smells like soup. He's and they're very everybody's no not Liz is very, very <laughs> mean to him. Horny eighties woman. Liz is a horny. Alright, let's get woman? back on track. Alright. We're getting we start the episode started. You want the joke? We're getting the joke. We have Harry and Bull in the chow line. Harry's getting his very sensible, judgy dinner. Bull has literally a tray of slop. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like he's. It's like it looks heavy. Y- oh, so yeah. Harry makes a joke about like, oh, Bull, like taking it light or some shit about so his food. You need help carrying that to the table. Yeah. And Bull says no. I'm and then hungry. Bull goes on to say, you know, um, I have extremely high metabolism rate. When I was a kid, you know, my family used to worry because I would have all of this stuff and this and that and the other thing. And Harry's kind of a little bit confused and says, okay, but why were they worried? And Bull goes, grease fire. Grease fire. Fucking. Okay. A dozen eggs, Bull. Whole a dozen, a whole, a whole chicken and all the eggs. <laughs> uh, so then Bull goes with his tray of slop. Yep. And then Harry goes to buy pudding, and then he's stopped by, as we talked about, the lovely and talented Carla B. Hooker, the heart of gold, sex worker, who's always working it. Carla B. Sweet. Carla B. Couldn't be nicer. I honestly thought at this time, I thought she was on drugs. Like, yes. Or did, or did something really bad. So she's like buttering him up because yeah. she's going to be the case of the, of the week. Yeah. So she stops Harry. And He's, she's just like giggly and. <laughs> yeah. She seemed like she was stoned. And it's like, don't buy that pudding. I've already bought two. She pulls one betwixt her thighs. Out of her skirt, oh. no, out of her, out of her fur coat pocket, like Dan Aykroyd in Trading Places. <laughs> she, um, I, you know what? As scaggy as Carla B is, and I love her, and she's meant to look like that. So it's not a judgment on the actress. It's it's how she's meant to look in the show. Although I got to tell you guys, they scagged Carla B up because Carla B was in the first episode, and in in my short Mayfly like memory, I don't recall her being quite so. She didn't look as haggard as I recall. Yes, yeah. Anyways, she's all good. I think Harry's disgusting in this conversation. <laughs> He's disgusting. Well, because she's just being genuinely really nice. Yeah, she's being very of, flirty. 
Yeah. She's being flirty, but she's also she's clearly and again, I don't I don't really find it flirty at the time. Mm-hmm. When I'm watching it, I'm thinking like, "Oh my gosh, what did Carla B do?" Like right. that we're going to find out. Um, but she's so she's being extraordinarily nice, annoyingly so. And I'm so sorry. <laughs> what is happening? What's that? To so, the dogs. They do this all the time. It sounded like they were killing I'm each other. I'm not acknowledging it because it only catches on my... Uh, so I'm just talking in between it because Meg so went sorry. to get groceries and she's coming back. And I can... Um, I'll cut this no, obviously. No, it's fine. No, it's fine. I heard the barking. They're, everything about this. I'm so fucking <laughs> on edge today. Rudy's I'm, getting bull Shannon over I've there. I've heard them so, bark before, but I just heard a... I was like, oh, Jesus. The dogs are misbehaving. I had I don't even have a boss, and yet I had a boss give me a fucking hard time on a project. I was telling Casey I was up all night. My fucking iPad's exploding. I got money draining out of my goddamn fucking pockets straight into my my own personal car, Libby. I mean, for fuck's sake. Okay, sorry. So <laughs> Carla's being super nice mm-hmm. and she and Harry's just a, a you know appreciative for the extra pudding but also a yeah. little confused like why do you have an extra pudding to get yeah. like who gets two puddings cuz you had yeah. no idea that this occurrence would happen and so Carla starts to say the the old phrase that we all know and I uh-huh. still use to this day when my eyes are bigger than my stomach yeah so that's that's the attempt yeah Oh, he's, doesn't he say, where are you going to put both two puddings? No, he basically said, you know, why do you have two puddings? And she said, well, I think just my eyes were bigger than, uh, were bigger than my, and he says, I'm not going to let, like, I'll, I'll finish. I'll fill in the rest. Yeah, I'll finish says, that sentence I'll for you. I'll fill in you. the rest and I'll fill in my blank with gross. You're gross, Judge Stone. He's talking he's about yeah, it. He's got those weird, he's got. A gray sweatshirt with the sleeves pulled up. His jeans are so, like, uh, there's so, his hip points are protruding out They're the very jeans. Tight, skinny jeans. Everything yes. about him says he's been hanging out in a garage, like his, like a, like a garage drinking beers, and he's being inappropriate around young kids, like saying. <laughs> Like, he's an uncle saying the wrong thing around his nephew. Just ask Michael J. Fox. He's just a lot of inappropriate hugging. I wasn't as offended, but I do think it goes back to to something that whenever Harry says one line like that, it's far grosser than if a fielding. Like, if you want to make that joke, like the hooker, the quote unquote hooker joke, makes one of the scumbags on the show say it. Don't make Harry say it. Like, if Harry says it or Bull says it, you're like inappropriate if fielding says it you're like yeah but he should he's an asshole if you've named a lothario keep the lothario Lothario. jokes to that character don't give the moral compass of the show the snivelly jokes harry should remain asexual there's a reason beaver cleaver doesn't talk about beebs because it's gross (laughs) he only talks about cleaves he only talks about backside cleaves (laughs) <laughs> oh my god, you sound like my mother right now. My mom would be just like, "You're the Eddie Haskell of the group." Um, so, so we get to a good joke. So, so sh- she gives Carla B gives Harry the pudding, and he's like, he makes a joke about her breasts, 
and then just gives her a wink and leaves. And then Carla B goes to the cashier. I paid for it. And it's not a Selma joke, but it should have been. Oh, yeah. The cashier just goes, that's a switch. It was good. I, I really liked it. That cashier and Selma, they slug back a few beers at Muldoon's. So if we if we want to put a pause in, we can talk about Carla B. If we want to talk about the actress whose name is Rita Taggart. Yep. Um, she's been, she's been in a, a lot of, of, of things as we've, we've learned about the show. As I was taking notes, as we watched the episode, I was like, I know this woman's voice. I know I've seen her in something. Yep. So I went back and the, did the IMDB. Um, she had a role in Mulholland Drive. Yeah. Which I wasn't, I was like, yeah, okay. I, I kind of remember that. She had a role on coach named Ruth Ann. Oh, really? Okay. Which I kind of remembered. She did had a voice on Inspector Gadget, which what? I was like, okay, maybe it's that. And then she was in one episode of Quantum Leap, where she played. <laughs> you Quantum Leap? I know it's only for me. She played. She was a hooker. She was a madam. She was a hooker. She was like a sad madam, a lady of the night. Scott Bakula had to like seduce to help this girl get out of the the cat house, and I was like, that's what I know her from. And also, I was like, yeah, she's in used cars as woman in bed. Oh, wow. Deep pulls. I, you ha- That Quantum Leap is that show for you. It doesn't matter. It's, doesn't it doesn't really matter if it's is. a principal character. It's just you, 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 you are excited I, for to For whatever get reason, to that show that's and- the show. That's my show. It was my show in childhood. I loved it. And you know what? I found out. I did a little research on Rita Taggart. I wasn't really familiar. I, I had the same thing. I was like, yeah, I probably saw her in Mulholland Drive. But I discovered, like, old Rita B or, or Carla B, Rita Taggart, she had some fucking, she could throw some, some, some hook and dick around Hollywood. She was the, she was married to, uh, the guy's name is Haskell Wexler. And he, from a few sites I looked at, why would I lie? I looked at one site from, from <laughs> a website that I looked at. Um, My vast research. Yeah. Uh, he's considered one of the 10 most influential cinematographers of all time, predominantly known for his cinematography <laughs> on, it was IMDb. This was my, it was oh, not, okay, a, okay, it was not legit. Google Scholar. It was like, it was like some guy named Eric's blog. It wasn't like <laughs> HaskellWexker.com. Brooklyn Crotch tells me, <laughs> Professor Crotch, which is now a new name. That's a new yeah. surname. Uh, he... He's one of those guys behind the guys. He's the cinematographer. He did. He's best known for Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf. I don't know it that well. I do know it mm-hmm. is one of those movies that like film classes go to um, yeah. for the way that it's shot. Um, it doesn't really take us much more, except for I did some research when we go on it to another secondary yeah, character we'll get that comes him. in that also is known for playing a role as opposed to who they are. So, and like, and I, so cart Rita Taggart has always sort of played this hard lived, like wilted beauty type character. Sure. Yeah. And um, she, and I, I, I guarantee you guys <laughs> when, she, when old Carla B is done up for a night out at name, fancy Hollywood restaurant here, tavern on the green, the old tavern. She looks like a million bucks, but when she's on screen, she fucking commits and she embodies, she's like that scene in one of my favorite movies, um, 
uh, Robert Ford, the coward. What's it called? Um, the coward oh, the assassination, assassination of, of Jesse, Jesse James. James by the coward Robert Ford yeah. at the end when um, the actor uh, who plays him, he's such a good actor, Sam Rockwell, uh, oh, starts yeah. starts to embody Jesse, like starts to embody Jesse James, and you actually see he's so good in it. You see him fizz. They're like. We couldn't tell the difference between the real Jesse and him. And that's what Carla B is for Rita Haggart. Like she's like ghostly inhabits pure 80s hooker. So it's like. I also think, you know, we've talked about it with Harry, too. So it's everybody. But also goes yeah. back to the, the stage and the theater theme. The makeup used in this show yeah. is yeah. that Ben Nye pancake makeup. That's supposed to be for stage performances. So like people can uh-huh. see facial expressions from the last row of an audience, not necessarily the best for TV, but if you're hitting home that, that eighties hooker look, yeah, I agree. Ben Nye's the way to go. Also, the and that hair, was very prevalent. Her hair crispy from chemicals. Oh, that to me, when I see that, when I first saw her, I was like, she was in Sopranos. Because she reminds me of those, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, like, the older the older mafiosos when they take a woman out. It's from that time. And it, it that has crunchy to be hair. from that it's time. It's just that super dyed, chemical burned hair yeah. that looks okay when it's perfectly quaffed. But, like, like imagine it all tussled up and you're just like. Well, it's the it's, perm. It's that, yeah. It's that. you know, number one, like an 80s perm that was so popular. Perms are literally just, you know, horrifying you chemicals your- being applied to your hair for hours on end while it's wrapped around, you know, tiny little rods. So oh, you can yeah. get that perm. I so know that smell. To get a perm, it's incredibly expensive to maintain and take care of. But then also just the style then was that product in it look like yeah. today you use a lot of product to make your hair look like it doesn't have any product in it you know yeah. what i'm saying yeah. and back then it was you 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 lose you use a little bit of product to make like look right. it look like it has a lot you don't of use ddt in your hair do you idiot <laughs> it's that april o'neill turtles one hair yeah that made yes me, ugh. Ugh. i think that's you i think that's what gets you is the hair it looks so tactile i had that hair it looks like a grade. brush it looks like a fucking broom yeah exactly. like just straw stiff coarse hair i was gonna Anyways, ask you Carly. instead of glossing over is ben nye is that like a known makeup artist or is that the makeup artist on night court no, it's a pro. Like I, I, it was a. I believe he. It's named after a makeup artist, so I'm assuming that Ben Knight is a person. But it's a brand. Uh, okay. Like of makeup, and it's not anything you can buy in like a drugstore because it's not for normal everyday makeup. It's stage makeup. Is that like? Because you see it, we see it every episode. It in has the a panel, different. In the yeah, uh, ha- intro with uh, Judge Harry Stone, that yeah. I that, that mascara man. That is yeah. that is spider like. It's it's what we call like pancake makeup because when makeup was first originated for, you know, movies and when they had the talkies and it was black and white, you really you obviously didn't see like contouring or blush or anything like that. So they would it was this kind of like a pancake mix, like that thick of a powder mixed with a little bit of of liquid or lotion. Well, I guess it just flattens you out. Exactly. So then you can bring up what you want. Absolutely. Isn't part of it so it doesn't like melt under the lights too? 
Well, yeah, it's very good at that as well. But the the biggest thing is it's it's a very thick coating of makeup. So you can, number one, create whatever type of face you need to. But number two, everything's just a little bit heightened. Like nothing's yeah. really natural looking. Well, they they caked it on our, our next character, I think. Uh, right. So we he gets the pudding from the hooker. Carla's been in court. We find out because then Lana walks up. And is like, what's the deal, Harry? And we find out that Carla's been in court every day with with or without needing to be there. Uh, there's a rose on Harry's bench every every night. It's like a mafia and Harry, death threat. Well, yeah. first, first, Lana says, how can you take pudding from a hooker? Lani, Lana, you're me- Lana's meaner than I am. Yeah, oh, it yeah. was it was a very judgy line, but also she she does have a point because she's like a judge shouldn't be taking accepting gifts from people that most likely will end up in court. That's a deep yeah. All right, You're I think a- she's I think she's Lana is trying to Lana work. Apologist. Is I think Lana's trying to work it from that angle because she does say as a judge it could be construed as inappropriate. You're trying to get but obviously impeached? we know that she has ulterior motives yeah. and she's jealous, and e- gets even more frazzled when uh-huh. she mentions the roses because Harry said I've noticed I it was that. You. Thank you, and she's like, "Well, you, <laughs> it wasn't me. It wasn't me. I mean." Uh, you, I don't. I can never. I can never figure you out, Ash. You, I don't know if you're a Lana supporter or uh, against her. Oh, I'm definitely against her. I, I don't so, like yeah. Lana at mm. all. I, but I also understand that if you're in love with a man that you're not supposed to be, sometimes you get a little annoying. Well, she's not married. She's engaged. She has a fiance. I don't believe it. What cameo is that going to be, Scott Bale? Oh. I want to see a big time Henry Winkler, Henry, Henry, his brother, his <laughs> great, great, his great uncle, Henry. Do you know? Uh, I what a tangent. Henry Winkler created MacGyver. Moving on. No need. What? Yeah. Did you yeah, fucking that. know that shit? I didn't fucking I didn't know, know that Fonz created MacGyver. Yeah, he's got fucking MacGyver money. That's that's pretty fucking pimp. Good for wow. I Winks. bet there. What's your over under? A Winkler's going to show. In Night Court? Yeah. I, he won't. I doubt it. No. It's too, no too iconic? No, I also... I, I think Happy Days is still on the air at this point. Oh No. Really? No. It is not. 70s. I think... I think he, the, oh, I, I think he, he's out of it right now. I think there's there's that time when you have a super successful and iconic MacGyver, show. Probably. Well, that's why, like, especially with you saying that, that's why he's in the background, because if he comes on, he's not coming on as anything but the Fonz. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like enough time has passed. Yeah, exactly. Do you think he wanted to play MacGyver and they were like, look, it's a good idea for a show. We can get this shit done. You can't be MacGyver. No, because people didn't want Stallone to play Rocky and he was like, okay, fuck you. And then they're like, okay, you can play it. But MacGyver would have... If they I, let Stallone play Rocky, they'd let Henry Winkler play MacGyver. MacGyver? Stallone needs to go fucking <laughs> go live in a chest of drawers somewhere. Because he's got a new show where he's all beefed up playing... He's in Guardians of the Galaxy 2, which we saw, and he's excellent. He's badass. All right. All right. I'm, I'm going to lay off Stallone and yeah, Tom Cruise. Yeah, did you Cruise. see Creed? Yeah, did you see Creed? 
It was awesome. You made me cry. I love I love Sylvester Stallone, but now he's hosting some bullshit he doesn't need to be hosting about a, an obstacle course or something. <laughs> he's old. He just wants to have fun. He does Let not. Do. He charges five hundred dollars for an autograph at at a Comic Con. Fuck him. No, don't. I love him. Wait, stop. I would wait. I do want to fuck him. You don't fuck him. <laughs> me. Wouldn't? I want to. It's me. All do you, right. Do you, you think he's a Carla nice, Do you think he's a nice man? No. Yes, I've met him. Ooh, nepotiz. Do you oh, I know this, you Casey? Like two two ladies. Oh, probably. It's like Jack Nicholson. No, but I wasn't like I was. I was like twelve. Like I was a gawky, annoying, ugly little kid. Did he hit on a t- you, a twelve-year-old? No, you? I was saying he was just no. He Exclusive. Was very, very Get nice. TMZ oh, on the phone. <laughs> oh, God. Jerk. Pre- uh, Night court exclusive. He was very sweet. TMZ presents Night Court exclusive. Have a good Sylvester Stallone exclusive. is a pedophile. <laughs> damn it, both of you. Headline. Uh, I know anyways, that's the title so, of this episode. Yes, well, Lana is is jealous. She Lana's has a, jealous. Carla hey, B's got her pudding, yeah. but Casey lead us into the best, my favorite bit, continuing bit of continuing the night. Bit. So this was all happening in the lunch line. So they leave, and then... Uh, uh, our speaking of tall tales, our next tall tale walks in. In my notes, he's he's written as fish sticks. Mine too. Mine <laughs> but his too. His real name is Howard Honig. So oh, he walks up and he's like, "How much for fish sticks? Hurry up! I got I, I got fish. Right? He goes, "Hurry up! My fish sticks are getting cold." Lana looks at his tray. She doesn't see anything on his plate. She says, "You don't have anything on your plate." And he pads his pocket. This is a fucked up joke, you guys. He pads yeah. his pocket and he says, it's "So good." Uh, what does he say? There are a lot of good weird jokes in this episode. He says, he "Just goes keeping them warm." No, 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 no. He says, "Just in case." Oh, just, what the fuck does that mean? See, is that like hobo humor? Like somebody's no. Get see, I don't think it's supposed to mean every anything. I think the point of the joke is this is New York City night court. Yeah, baby. I love it. In the 80s. The yeah. You, you're you're going to have that guy that you come home and you're like, I heard the fucking weirdest thing today. It made yeah. absolutely no sense. Like, that was a perfect example of that New Yorker that you run into. He had the bettest, best, craggiest fucking And he looked at her like face. she was on Mars. Like, yeah. well, no shit. They're in my pocket. Like, that like, was the best part. This actor delivered it perfectly. Get out of my way, you heartless monster. Tell that man you love him. Or move. I got fish sticks in my pocket, you idiot. And lunch ladies, like, she just sees all the shit. Because that cafeteria is where yeah. it's at. And she's just like, here's old Honig again. Stealing fish sticks. Like, why is he even in line? Like, he can't pay for anything. He's an honorable lunatic. But that's why he doesn't have anything on the plate, right? Because she's going to ring him up for nothing. But he's right. not going to be a lot. He's ethical. He's not going to Well, I think lie. you have to go through the line to get to out. To get out, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, the actor's name, he plays, like, the picture-perfect, crazy, drunk dude. Like, Do we agree he's an out- We agree he's a drunk, right? Not like, he's yes. like that special breed. Like, he that's delivers yeah. it with that very drunk. Flourish. His yeah. hair is is mussy it's and not greasy... like old man mussy. It's like I don't know what I'm doing. I've been out mussy. for days. Yeah, yeah. Like one collar tucked under the tie, one collar over the tie, one part of his shirt tucked in. He yeah. does. He does look like he looks like a like what we'll if, find out if soup were a man. If soup were a man. Yes. If like if yeah, like free soup from the 
Salvation Army were a man, it'd be this guy. <laughs> but Howard Honig has like bona fides. When it comes to comedy, he oh, was sure. in uh, Airplane One and Two, mm-hmm. and as we like that super slapstick. But he was also in Police Story. Oh, really? So like, no wait, that's Police Squad. Yeah, that's what I was just, thinking. Yeah, Police yeah. Squad. Is that what he's uh, in? He was in City Slickers. He was in, and he was in a shit ton of Barney Millers. That uh, makes sense. There you go. Back to Barney Millers, George Murdoch. And he was also in one of my favorite Quantum Leap weird weirdo shows. Besides Quantum Leap, but a little sh- a show called Dark Shadows. Oh, sure. Which is dry as a church biscuit. <laughs> Wait, but it's like a gothic soap opera about this family called the the Collinses. They live in Collinswood. In Maine, and it's about a vampire and his family, and their and their dealings with. It's not exciting at all. Didn't it they is, recently make a parody movie about it with Johnny Depp? Johnny Depp was in it yeah. with Tim Burton, and even that like couldn't like muster up the 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 saving grace for it. But right? that's the thing. The the thing. Of, it's not an exciting show. Mm-hmm. But what made it cool is that it was gothic and weird and atmospheric. So the moment you make it bright and goofy, you take away the only thing that makes it like fun. Is it's like it's kind of spooky. Sure. Um, but he played Gallowsman's one, two, and three <laughs> at various points. Yeah, hey, that's quite fitting for uh, our podcast. Well, um, I'm assuming he's dead. I think he oh was, yeah, he was close when we saw him. That's why. Episode. That's the only reason I say it. God, rest in peace. He's great. He's absolutely again. Preface that's coming after. What's 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 something that's not a preface because it comes after. Post. Oh, uh, Deuma. Deuma. They're fucking awesome. And I wish TV was like that. I wish TV still had some cojones to put. And these aren't even real. They're not even real, unattractive people. I wish TV had they're because they're not. They're they're actors. They're dressed up like that. TV just doesn't have the hood spot to fucking show us some crust. Or maybe it's all or reality TV, and people. I don't know it. Yeah, just show us real people. Even that's so that's so fucked up because all TV is now is reality shows, and there's nothing. What a fucking. Boring statement I just made. <laughs> reality TV's not even Unreal. real, man. It's the least bit of reality. Well, anyway, we we got we're moving. Up. So we meet speaking, Howard Hoenig. Speaking of of death, yeah, or we, near yes, it, we get to see depressed Dan. So Dan comes oh, yeah. in, and Dan's not happy, and he said he's he's feeling depressed, and and Liz. Liz mm-hmm. getting a couple lines this episode. I really enjoyed mm-hmm. her this episode. She's like, well, there's the Holocaust, there's war, and just names a lot of depressing things that are horrible that have happened in this world, that are going on in this world, you know, kind of a- alluding to, oh, what's our future? And then it, it turns out that that's not why Dan Fielding is depressed no. at all. Why is he depressed? Like, she lists all the sad shit, and she's like, Shouldn't that pep you up, Dan? Like oh, our, he, pro, our, he, our proto-feminist Selma pipes in. You guys, by the way, you know that argument got settled, right? I put that in the last episode. Whether she said if God was a she or a he. Yeah. Was, what was what it? What was it? Casey was right. He said she said she? She said she. 
Oh, yeah. Good for you. Yeah. You walk. Damn it. Sorry to sidetrack, but. <laughs> oh, now I sounded old, like an asshole. Oh, Selma no, has, oh, so sure has a little more depth. Yeah. She's not just a joke machine. The, the actress Selma Diamond is fucking cool as shit. She is my hero. Just this crusty, Cana- cr- crusty in the best way. Um, Canadian <laughs> says her speaks her fucking mind at a time when women comedians weren't really allowed to. There was like like the exceptional the exception, unfortunately, that got to yeah. buck the rule of like. I'm gonna say Phyllis Diller, uh, Joan. Um, who, I, I forget. Why can't I think of the comic? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, not not Joan Crawford. Too? Joan Rivers. Joan Rivers. Um, I was like, Joan Collins. It's not it. But Anyway, she was like doing her, like her bits aren't necessarily that funny, but they're also not about like, it's not domestic humor or anything. It's her being like a cat skillsy like comic with a cigarette dangling out of her mouth talking about like how men are like bags of meat that need to be needed and shit. Like she's cool. She's got, <laughs> I'm going to, I'll, I'll, I'm going to, she's got an album. I think it's just called Selma Diamond Speaks or something. I'm gonna try and find it, and um, and I'll put some on the pod when I and I'll start to steal from her estate as soon as I get Perfect. it. Perfect. Yeah. So um, uh, so yeah, we find out Dan is depressed, and he's depressed because he's losing <laughs> his city council seat. Didn't even know the man was a, in politics. Didn't even know it. So it's the special election. For the city council seat, and Dan has applied, and the election is is going on right now, and he's losing by a, a fairly large margin. Twenty points, because that means. people don't vote for res- respective justice. They vote. Uh, oh shit! Where was I? I'm sorry. They don't vote for issues. They vote for personality. And in this case, they're voting. For a dead guy. The opponent, his opponent died two weeks ago. And as Fielding says it, the body is currently ahead by 20%. Yeah. I like this. This shows us that Dan Fielding might think he's the hot shit in Night Court world. But to the rest of society... He's like a fucking just nerd. He's a dork. He but might- I think we've covered this too. Yeah. Like we actually spoke about this very thing last week cuz mm-hmm. last week was when he was it's he was hot. He was hot to trot. Yeah. He was word, getting all the zingers. It's the word of the episode. He to the rest of the world, he's a skag. Yeah. Skag. He's a Carla B. Dan Fielding is the Carla B of the world. He's the Danny F. Dan F. Dan F. Night Court. Dan F. Down to F. (laughs) Dan down to F. Feel. Oh, I love it. So yeah. So so they're trying to to make him feel better, and that's when they say, "Oh, you know, the returns aren't in, and people vote for personality, not the issues." Like basically saying, like people are stupid. To which you know Dan's taking as even stupid people aren't voting yeah. for me. They're voting for a dead guy. So yeah. so that's that gag. He's got less personality than a court, and that will continue on throughout the night. Um, Is this a premonition of stupid people voting for the president in 2016? They did it back then when they voted Reagan in twice. Zing! Re- they brought that Reagan's un- Reagan's frozen uh, brain. Reagan technically was a corpse. Yeah. And he had that greasy. I uh, had beautiful hair. Let's. They voted for the hair. Let's be honest. 
jet black. Beautiful. Blue black hair. You could see your, it's like a mirror. You could see your image in it. Uh, so, yeah, field, they want to keep Fielding's spirits up. But Harry needs a napkin. Harry, yes, Harry needs a napkin. So he, walk us through that case. He reruns into Carla B, and she has everything that Judge Harry could need at that moment, willing to give it Condom. as a person, not as a... Mince. Mince. Ooh. But all he needs no, is No, he literally, Hans just said condom, and I went mince, because she has condiments. condiments. She has napkins. Yeah. Uh, all he needs is a napkin. And she admits that she has a healthy respect of justice and how the law works, and also men in robes. She said, I have, in being at court, because remember, it's been established by Lana that she's just been at court watching for for quite a a few nights. And she said, I have developed a tremendous respect for our justice system. He thanks her, and she goes, a healthy respect. And now you're going... What's going on? I don't I don't know where we're going with this. And then she says, and that's when I don't know about you guys, but that's when I kind of figured out what was going on. She said, I've always had it and I've always had a thing for a man in a robe, which is a funny double entendre. Yeah. yeah. Because obviously men She deals with a lot of men Men in who are bathrobes. Yes. Derobed and and wearing bathrobes and only a and serial all- killer puts a bathrobe on for a poker. <laughs> Let's see. I mean, come on. Oh my gosh, this is the 80s. Hugh Hefner, a silk robe. Do you oh, know yeah. how popular That's those were? That's the height were? of the Hoyt couture. If you, are you oh, a man or are you a an silk animal, robe for well, your yeah. hooker, for your Times Square? Your Times Square, you, Dime Square. You want to feel luxurious. <laughs> oh, this was yeah. a this was a time when men treated themselves. This was they the, treated themselves to robes and they treated themselves to women. That's these were so the glory gross. days of the men's slipper. Oh yeah, like absolutely. He brought a he brought a bag. glory holes and glory days of slippers. Glory holes and glory day glory holes and glory days. <laughs> glory pass you by the glory, glory holes. holes. It's gross. Everything you guys are doing is gross. Look at a young woman's eyes. Glory holes. I hope it's a lady. (laughs) I better put on my silk robe for this glory hole so that big old (laughs) bull can suck that. It's a a good joke. It's a good 80s joke. You forgot about your slippers while bull tugs that like it's a calf's so now I, I think as as a as a woman and as a viewer, I understand the angle now. Carla B is D T B and F. Down, down for to down down butt? for F and down B. Down for breakfast down, after fucks. She's down to open up that B. Again, gross. Everything about it's gross. I so now, and I think I honestly I will go the other way. I think that the entendres are are a little gross, but I honestly think that it's sweet because she's yeah. she's genuinely nervousy around him, like she's you know a little stuttery, a little shy. It's kind of cute, but yeah. also presents itself as she's trying to flirt with him, but she's also got a very skewed. Well, it's world an, it's view aggressive, and it's it's forward. She is often pursued, right, and then paid. She doesn't know the the social cues of uh, of courtship necessarily. So so now we know the premise of the the big the big issue with Harry. This show will be letting Carla B down. Double B. But before we get to credits, bummer. 
We got one more. Oh, Harry Ho- Howard Hodig shows up. Oh yeah, hand in pocket, firmly gripping fish sticks, <laughs> and asks if anyone has a lint roller, a lint Boom. brush, lint brush. I think he says roller. I wrote down roller. I wrote down roller. I wrote down brush. Ooh, more controversy. Put it in oh, here. Yeah. We're going to tail of the ting. <laughs> Excuse me. Do you ever have a lint brush on you? <laughs> And then you can also ding for this is a this is a night have a good night court first. We've we went over an hour before we got before to we the got to the introduction. <laughs> That's fucking amazing. No, we've uh, been recording. That's for, amazing. There was like that fifteen minutes because I saw it. I was like, oh, "Are you kidding me?" Now we got to do double time on the rest. Oh yeah, we go. we're done. Bing, 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 bing. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I did say, though, like, to point that out, that we've gone so long just yeah. discussing through the credits. Casey can attest. The credits came on, and I went, holy shit, that, oh, my, that was just the first yeah. part. No, I have so many notes how the for pre-credits. Was. Oh, yeah. They, they yeah. front-loaded the show with so much info. Uh, so we come back from the intro. We're back in court. Liz is defending uh, Fish Sticks. I wonder what his character. He, we never find out his name. Doesn't that you know what? Well, let's keep it rolling, baby. It's. I don't want sticks. Harry. I don't want Harry Anderson to turn this episode off. Because yeah. <laughs> you just called him. You've called him a troll like three times today. I never. You I said he has hit points. points through his jeans, like an, <laughs> like the old pussy cat I am. The <laughs> amount of times you've called Harry Anderson a child molester in this. <laughs> He's, if there was ever, he would have paid his intern to listen to it. And they're like, yeah, he's called you a child molester at least 15 times. <laughs> you think Harry Anderson, I mean, Harry Anderson's it's probably his, on his way his out. He'd probably but, have me offed. Don't want to hurt his legacy. Uh, so we come back and then Liz defends fish sticks from his, uh, expertly defends, by the way. Yes. Oh, yeah. Gets him off. Pretty much. And his, re- his response to that is he asks her out on a date. Yeah, yes, if he can buy her. She has gone through defending like he's just a wretched human, essentially. Yeah. Like he he didn't know any better. She and- gets him off by saying he is how we describe him. He's gin soup in a suit, well, which <laughs> makes me respect her as a good lawyer. But I felt that made me feel so bad for this guy, right? Just no, like- because he doesn't get it. He doesn't know. He's oblivious. Yeah, he's but living on, that, that's he's got a pocket the, full of that's fish That's part sticks. of the sadness. The world's this guy's eating fish sticks in a Yeah, he gutter. literally asks her out. And it, hold on, they bring it back. And this is why I love this yeah. bit. Yeah. They I bring it too. back. He's just like, you know, can, can, can I ask you to out dinner? to dinner? Do you like seafood? And he pats his pocket genuinely. Nailed it. Ding, ding, ding. Nailed it. I Oh, my gosh. I clap my hands for that. I think it also should be said that while this is going on and and they are discussing this, we're in the courtroom, and you can clearly see a rose in a vase on the pulpit. And that's where we move to next is Lana attempts to- Beauty and the Beast of Dan Hognick. All right. Go ahead. Um, Lana attempts to apologize to Harry after she picks up the rose- and as she makes her extra verbose, sort of rambly apology, she is picking pieces off of the rose. Oh, and it's and not gentle. Like, not like a he loves me, he loves me not. She is crushing this beautiful rose. Mm-hmm. So she makes her in apology. In her tiny, craggly fist. And then puts the rose back, or she gives it to Harry, 
And all that's left as Bull walks up and goes, Harry, what's that? And he just goes, green stick. I know. So Lana demolishes the symbol of Carla B's love. Yeah, there's something in front poetic there. Of just, she, that's Harry. part of her pomp- pomposity. Just call me Weegee. And then uh, then we, Bull asks about uh, Dan's celebration, the victory celebration. because So everybody assumed that Dan would win considering he's you know against a dead man and bull bull wants to confirm with harry that we're still getting out the champagne and harry's like i'm sure it'll you know this will go eventually in dan's favor uh i got white champagne is that okay and harry's like yeah of course what are we serving it with and big pop baby big pop the crowd goes wild cheetos uh, that that line, interestingly enough, like the way Bull delivered, like I got white champagne. Is that okay? I, why did I do that? You can't see me through the podcast. Anyways, the the affect and the his facial feature is really hitting the stride of the Bull that I remember throughout the rest of the series. Like, there's just something about like like I feel like maybe the right around here, like he just went boom. He Carla beat it. He found this it. is my fucking character. I got it. I got my delivery system I, down. I'm smart at times. I'm not smart. I know the balance I of where think, I exist. Yeah, he just learned like, okay, he's seen both sides of the spectrum. He's like, okay, this is the these are the jokes I'm going to always get. I'm gonna sell. This is how I sell them. Yeah, yeah, and he does. He does. That was. That was he I, does. Because I think the Cheetos joke, like in general, number one, it's just funny because it's champagne and Cheetos. But number two, it also, exposition, kind of gives you, number one, just the camaraderie fact. Like, you don't have champagne and Cheetos with anybody. It's when you're, you you got nothing but those two things and you're with a group of friends. And And number two, it establishes the night court atmosphere. Like, this ain't fancy court. Yeah. Which we're about to get to. We're yep. going to get a little taste of fancy court. But oh, we're getting we ahead of ourselves. Because uh, Carla tries to profess her love to Judge Harry Stone. But as then, he's walking into the as hallway. As he's walking into the hallway. He rebuffs it as he starts to see what is going on. So Carla B gets really close. Their mm-hmm. faces are, are nearly touching. Lana also comes in the hallway and puts a file folder in between them and says papers yeah. sign them. Yeah. And basically So there's a there's a there's a triangle we're of love. Seeing, like Carla B is an open heart. She's yep. just gushing. And Lana's trying to cauterize those wounds. I have this note here that though Lana is looking nasty here, it is um let me see. Uh, it's it's only uh, a patriarchal society that creates um, feminine, uh, a female versus female world here. So it's actually Judge Harry Stone and the male-dominated world that is causing Lana to be such a bee to the bee. To the best bee. Yeah. I'll, I'll- well, and I, I think that, too, and I made a couple notes about the 80s female tropes that we've seen. So... Because what happens is Harry kind of evades the situation and says, I got to go to my office. I got to make a phone call, so on and so forth. So Carla B and Lana go back. He does not want to sleep as nice as Carla B is. 
Oh, yeah. No, I don't think Harry does anything wrong, but he gets out of the sticky situation. Without resolving anything. Which leaves Lana and Carla together, and they walk back into the courtroom, and Lana Lana pretty much says, you know, he's not your type. He says, she says, yeah, basically, buzz off. And this is the 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 ladies of the eighties classes. Oh, ladies of the eighties. Ladies, ladies of the eighties classes debate because in a ton of movies and a ton yeah. of TV shows you have whether and these are extremes because now you've got you know mm-hmm. a highfalutin you know frou frou like Lana as opposed to a hooker, but. The two tropes are really the same. You see it thematically. There's the the prude, the uptight prude that always has the the button up shirts, the nice little lady suits with skirts yep, right. and that nature, as opposed to the free love and fun wielding. Just do whatever. Poorer, yeah, in any capacity, whether they're a hooker or not. And they all want a little bit of both. Like the uptight Lana wants to be Carla B, and sure. Carla B. If she had to, would like to be Lana if it got her. So this is something that's very prevalent in the 80s. Kind of like there are two types of women. Because the argument then devolves into Lana's telling Carla B she'll never get Harry because in essence, she's not. It's basically intellectual connection versus physical. Stimulation. Stimulation. And, And that's where you're. I think this is where we can hit on is Harry's allowed to be an intellectual and a scoundrel. And while we're dissecting the episodes, it seems off putting, but that's the difference between a dude in the eighties, probably now too. Yes. Yeah. Now. And, a, and a woman is that she can either be loosey goosey or straighty lacy. But if you have a touch of both, never the twain shall meet. Never the twain shall meet. Somebody's going to categorize you one way or the other. And to I the think that's the issue. You're either a here. bitch or you're a slut. Well, even now, like what yeah, it brought for for me up now, like you know that meme that's really popular, like gets you a girl that that can do both, and it's like the you know studious girl with the glasses in the daytime, and then at the club she's really hot at night, like you right, know, yeah. kind of the blue jeans and What's pearls juxtaposition. The, a lady in the streets and a freak in a bed. That fucking is sheets, that streets and sheets. sheets. That's what it is. Yeah, because it rhymes. What clubs are you guys hanging out at? I'm listening. The best ones. <laughs> I'm listening we have to a Lou Whitaker over here on my, on my Victrola, and you guys are <laughs> hitting the clubs of Akron with LeBron James. <laughs> <laughs> Got a lady in my sheets, LeBron. And I'm, li- I'm listening to the Oak Ridge Boys. Well, and they hate all women. Elvira. <laughs> boom, ba doom, boom, boom. Elvira. <laughs> oh, man. Um. Uh, so they're so they're basically going at it, and Lana's yeah. like, you know, uh, using a lot of big words, essentially yeah. to em- embarrass Carla, and you know, kind of overpower her right. argument. And Lana's to say like, that I'm smarter than you. I'm gonna drop all. They this need intellectual on you. stimulation. Physical stimulation isn't enough. And she, you know, Carla's like, I mean, Carla's, well, I won't yeah. use gadgets. Does Lana get cut in this situation if it's her talking to a real prostitute, sex worker? Oh, yeah, Lana yeah. gets cut. Lana gets fucked up. Maybe not in a courtroom, but, like, that bitch is then waiting outside for when Lana leaves for the night, and she's going to oh, pull no. a Tanya fucking Harding. This is Tanya Harding versus yeah, no, Nancy Kerrigan. Say, Carla B it doesn't soil her hands. Oh, she no. will not lower herself <laughs> to touch this woman. 
she has any numbery, a coterie of rogues to do her bidding for her. She could probably get old Koenig a, a bottle of Kharkov vodka and he'll slit yeah, her throat. That's what I'm saying. Like she gets that fat dude that fucking Tanya Harding got. Like that's why he did that is because he fell in love with Tanya Harding and she's like, you fat, ugly, you want to touch me? You do what I ask. Like she's got, she's got people at her disposal. Lana's getting a, a, a pipe. Yeah. Well then, then the, the final the final line from the argument yeah. is Lana saying, you need a cerebral bond. You have to have a bond. Uh, you need a bond. And, mm-hmm. and Carla B goes back, looks back, and she said, you need a map. Great. And walks out. Yeah. That's really funny. Yeah. You missed the part so, where she talks about gadgets, but I don't want to get into it because it, it, it's it's a little wretch worthy. I said, I won't use gadgets. That's what I had written down. That's and I what liked she says. It. Yeah, yeah. It, it doesn't really make sense because it's a it's like but I think gadgets are now again in it's not that many years later, but gadgets are acceptable. Like you can. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. cool to fucking own a vibrator or to have. Right. Some but back then that stuff. was that was not spoken of. And if yeah. that that was kind of also the thing, like you don't do that with your wife. You do that with your mistress. You do that. Carla B. She's got a. She's got a fielding ass suitcase full of dongs and wrongs. Because <laughs> wasn't Carla B. Wasn't Carla B. The dongs and wrongs in the episode with the the family that was fighting? Wasn't Carla B. The homewrecker? Yeah. Oh yeah. So Carla B. Is the like you just said like you you do things with your wife and then you do things with Carla B. Like yeah. What does that mean? I was right. Yeah. No, I said you were right. I just, I just was like I, I forgot it, it was it was Carla B. That yeah. was the the dongs and wrongs, baby. <laughs> no, but that's that's, that's going to be very... you got cocktails and dreams. I got dongs and wrongs. And Tom <laughs> Cruise is welcome. All right, he can come on in. And be checking IDs. Well, now now we get a little less Randy cuz yeah. we're introduced to Judge Robert uh, T. Willard. Start shirt. Take some starch out of this guy's Casey, shirt. Casey, take it away. Tell us what happens. Well, uh, can I give you a little uh, background on uh, the actor that plays Roger T. Willard? Yeah, it's Robert. Robert. Ro- did Bob. I say Robert? Yeah. Um, I, I like you, Casey. Like you have your affinity towards these sexy '80s babes. Like uh, I forget Laura Whitaker. Who was the who, who? How could I forget the name? I shouldn't bring uh, it up, should I? I'll look at my notes. I can she find it who again. shall not be named. She, Doctor Alien, and now yeah, Rita Dr. Taggart Alien, from yes. Quantum Leap. Zenos. I can recognize a judge when I sees one, and. Um, <laughs> Uh, Judge uh, Robert Willard is played by this actor, Jason Bernard, who unfortunately has passed. And I was like, why do I know him? Yeah, sure. I might know him from Herman's Head, which he was in for many episodes. Oh, yeah, he was. He definitely sure, I was. might know him from Carmen Sandiego, where he had some uh, walk-on roles. Uncredited oh, yeah, he was voices. a general in War Games. Sure. But I know him, and this isn't like a cool or deep pull, and this was actually his last role. But this is obviously why I recognize him so much because he was the judge in Liar Liar. And that yep. was a big part. So he just he's judge to judge. Not exciting, not sexy, great actor. No, he rest has in the, peace. Dongs the, and wrongs. Judge don't, Liar. No liar. dongs, no wrongs. Yeah. No, he, that dong don't do no wrong. <laughs> dong don't do no wrong. He <laughs> like looking at he has, as we found out, any sort of guest character like criminal of the week have the same pedigree like he did every yeah 80s yep. show you can think of mm-hmm. 
And a lot of these people I'd recognize. My mom used to watch the show Knott's Landing oh, when yeah. I was little. He yeah. like everyone was in that. He was in the Jeffersons. He was in uh, BJ and the ba- like. It's the list goes on. He was like in every possible. He was in every show they filmed in Los Angeles. Basically. Let's not. Let's give credit to these people. These people are fucking hustlers. And oh, like it's amazing. you don't you don't fall into these. Like it seems like well, once you do one show, these guys are audition. They're not like you don't just just because you're. Uh, I already just because you played Rod Robert w- Willard doesn't mean they're like yeah you can have her, this role on Herman's head they might think of you and you might have an mm-hmm. agent that gets you but you have to audition for every one of these every sure. time this guy's on BJ and the Bear he's got it and that is like from what I hear horrible soul crushing amounts thing, of like, rejection and stuff just because you get on one like this this guy's career like all of these characters aren't they never had. A long-running character. Exactly. They did that, like, paycheck to paycheck. Like, they worked all of the time and did all kinds of stuff. But that's the life of most actors. Yeah. You just don't know them because you don't remember them. Because it's not Tom Cruise. Back to It's a good life. It's a solid, it's a solid, respectable life. No, like, they're jobbing it. They're doing it. It's that, like, the documentary, like, it's a that guy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I just wanted to let's let's throw up some props to that. So guy. yeah, Jason Bernard. Credit. Yeah, give it to Jason so, Bernard. And he didn't have to marry a. He didn't. She didn't have to give a. He didn't have to give a Carla BJ to some cinematographer in some <laughs> seedy hotel lobby. Moving oh, Lord on. have mercy. <laughs> you got a. So, you got a hard on for Judge, Carla B. Judge Robert T. Willard introduced himself, and he said he's in session down the hall, which tells us a. And the answer to a question we've been asking, there are rival night courts. So this building is open. Stuff is happening in New York City, sir. And this ain't the only court that's going on. Maybe we'll take a quantum leap to that alternate reality of, is that how quantum leap works? Where did they leap? Uh, time through time, not oh, reality. Oh, oh, oh my God! What a it was great in episode. his own lifetime. Doctor Sam Beckett stepped into the. Anyways, uh, <laughs> so anyway, he said. So so Judge Willard Bob Bobby says him and some of the other judges were talking about Harry T. Stone. Now other judges means I mean these courts are are alive and kicking. Yeah. The exclusive York, court of baby. judges. I want to know what the dichotomy is because it seems to me and it will develop in further conversation to to you know kind of assist my opinion, but there are some nicer night courts than others. Oh, I would rather be in Harry's court than than Willard's, I'll tell you that. Yeah, that's true, but I want to know what the higher-brow court cases are during night court. That's what I'm saying. Are we going to get, like, an alternative episode where we're like, where's- Bizarro Harry? Yeah, we're, we're the ep- it's a night court episode, but it just all takes place in uh, Robert Willard's night court. Is Harry going to be on trial in a different night court? He is. taking a pudding bribe. I think. He's on trial in this episode for sure. Because I know Judge Willard returns in an episode called The Trial of Harry Stone. Oh, fuck. Nice. As okay, does Carla well, B. I hope lead. he's on trial for that horrible Fresca joke. <laughs> okay, so yeah, so I literally, I just wrote down Fresca bit dash too much. So worst, ba- yeah. worst, so, worst. So Judge Robert Willard comes in and he very hev- heavily handedly offers Harry help 
and he and his judges have been meeting, which is basically They said that Harry's a bit too unconventional. To say, like, Harry, you should ask for help if you need it, and every time Judge Willard insinuates that Harry's a bad judge, Harry does something goofy and Harry. He's asking, hey, do you want a fresca? Hey, that's a funny name, isn't it? Oh, I, I just love that fresca. drink. It's just, yeah, there's a fresca line every, every other for about four lines. So and there's it's- like a rule of threes. They load it up and it gets to Harry. And you can clearly see Judge Willard is like, okay, this guy is a fucking joke. He's a lost cause. They go to shake hands. No, 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 no. Because a good joke happens and I wanted to slow clap Harry for it. So he's still talking. The fresca bit is happening. And Judge Willard really wants to get to Harry. Yeah. So he he's he's been move. referring to him as Judge Stone. You know, they, they've been using oh, the formalities. And then and, and then so Judge Willard says, Harry, may I call you Harry? Mm-hmm. Which is the respectable thing to do. But essentially, even now, when you say that, it's kind of like it's a rhetorical question. You're yeah. not really. Can I call you, Casey? You you've already done it. Yep, you're gonna do it. You're moving forward, and He's then being a bee. and He's so being Harry along. with a great comeback, just acting all innocent, asking, acting very naive about it, says, "Sure, Bob." Ooh, Robert Willard does not like the term Bob. And Robert Willard goes back to Judge Stone. Might as well addresses Judge Amiratrix. Stone, and, and uh, uh, essentially says, "Think of us." Think of these night court judges as a fraternity, and it, like, like an exclusive yeah. club. Yep. Which it is. Judges, I mean, right? Come on. And then he's, he's kind of, of he's going to leave Harry with that, and he's going to shake hands with him to, to leave him to think about that and think about how one would act if they want to be inducted or accepted into said exclusive, exclusive club. club of judges. And carry on, good friend. Do you think the most exclusive club of judges, the Supreme Court throughout our history, like have treated themselves like this is before um, women were allowed on, mm-hmm. which is crazy that that was ever a thing. But do you think they got up to some like horrible like th- things that should not be named together? And I'm calling out I've been calling out a lot of people. I'm calling I think out any exclusive club throughout history, especially if it's solely men. Anything then, before, and still to this day, there are things that we we lower class people will just never know about. Mm-hmm. It's like you hear about like they're like, yeah, did you know in 1972 Ted Kennedy rented a hotel in Cabo St. Lucas, filled it with Carla B's for nine days, and every senator got to come visit and have a meeting. Well, what's the the ridiculous thing that happens in the mountains in California with like the oh, yeah. the richest Republicans? It still happens to this day. Yeah, oh, Republicans and um, uh, Bilderbergers in Europe. It's yeah, like it's talk about Roger Stones. Like yeah. these are fucking dandies that go bones, stones and bones. Who, who the person who always does the music is so perfect for what weird music Republicans listen to. It's um, who does a. Uh, I'm a joker. I'm a toker. Dave Miller or something? Oh, no, yeah. it's a Steve Miller band. Steve, Steve Miller, Miller always performs, so I hear. Of which is of Ooh. course. It's really? like it's like it's like George W. Bush once answered, What's your favorite music? And he answered some it was some It's like creepy. It's my birthday and I'll cry if I want to exactly or something. Exactly. Like, like horrid fifties like soft rock. Like again, only something 
um, Ed Gein would listen to. <laughs> it's a movie, moving on. I'm well, sorry. moving on, Casey, get to your uh, bit. So after he's offered this exclusive position on the Club of Judges, Harry's like, you know, in essence, like, yeah, sure, I'll think about it. And they shake hands, and Harry's got a joy buzzer. Zing! So a joy buzzer, explain explain what it is. Just it, because I wouldn't have known if you just said that to me. It's basically an old trick thing. And we, I, I, I forgot we glossed over it earlier. Harry had mentioned Sale. to cheer up Dan. He had gone to the joke shop, trick oh, yeah, shop. yeah, because we have the flowers. And he squirters. was like, Dan, can I give you... There's a sale on squirting flowers. 59 cents. And then Dan's like, great, I'll hurry up and go get one. I can't believe in the hour and a half that it's taken to get this yeah. far, we missed something. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it's, right. it is unnecessary no, totally. exposition. But as yeah. writers, we have to respect that. You know what? They're, they're, they set it up. They're not glossing no, they over did. anything. So then when Harry shakes his hand, the joy buzzer is basically... If you've ever, and this goes back to Hans's assertion that Judge Harry Stone is the it's Joker. like the Joker thing, and yes. it, that's what I was just going to say. And Tim Burton's Batman, but the guy doesn't burn up. It Basically, just, it just it's a little hot under the collar, Judge Willard. He, it's a little ring you wear, and you crank it up, and when you press palms with somebody, this little mechanism rattles, and it's basically just to like, whoa. What the and fuck did, like, it's, your hand's not supposed to zzz, buzz and rattle when I touch it. So anybody that does that to you, you should hate still to this day. Bobby, not amused. Not amused. Judge Bobby, not amused. But Harry looks at him and goes, I got a lot of neat stuff for the clubhouse. Yep. And I liked it because he's basically saying yeah. in the nicest Harry's of ways, Go get fuck the yourself. fuck out of my yeah. office. Yeah. Because he's a racist. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> this I really did think so. So for those listeners who haven't watched the episode, Judge T. Will, Judge Robert Willard is is African American. But I almost I almost felt bad when I was like, oh yeah, Bizarro Harry. I was like, oh that's yeah. racist. <laughs> yeah, no, but it is Bizarro Harry. It's anti because cause he's a I'm my baby. It don't matter if you're black or white. Ooh, it's getting he's an, spicy. He's an in educated here. black man who has no tolerance for jokes. Like, yeah, that is the antithesis. Willard is a, is a much better a man magician than Harry turned rogue judge. Yeah, if anything, this is like ascertaining that Night Court is ahead of its time in showing uh, people of color um, in finally some respectable positions in. Um, very true. Very yeah. true. In the United States, right? Instead of yeah. having them only be in the, the drunk guy or the alcohol. Well, also, like the but can we also criminal. a very eighties black man trope? The black white man. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. The well-to-do black man yeah, is just the the most the the. He's like he's very Uncle Carl because un- isn't Uncle Carl a judge in a. <laughs> In Fresh Prince. In Fresh Prince. I don't think his name's Carl. There's something, something. <laughs> no, it's Uncle Carl. I don't think it's Uncle. Is it Carl? I don't know. I know Uncle. I don't know. Just the, those. <laughs> for some reason, Uncle Carl seems I'm, wrong. I'm, it seems like it's not a nice. I. It's Uncle uh, Phil. No, it's, it's Uncle Carl Phil. Tim. Uncle it's Phil. Uncle Phil. It's Uncle Phil. <laughs> you it's Uncle not, it's Carl. Carl. You're Tim. the Uncle it's, Carl. <laughs> It's Carlton. His son's name is Carl. Uncle Carl is a wannabe scumbag like That's you and me. That's the spinoff. Carlton that guy's just an Uncle Carl. Uncle Carl. He's not really as scuzzbaggy as us. 
<laughs> He's an Uncle Carl. <laughs> or it's something nasty that Carl B does. She, you don't want to. You don't want her to open up that secret compartment of that Dongs and Wrongs case because she's gonna pull out an Uncle Carl. <laughs> Uncle Carl, and you're gonna Ooh. regret it. You'll never be the same. You're gonna ruin that silk robe. All right, <laughs> all right, right. Oh my God. Uh, Jesus. Uh, so the rest of the crew rolls in. Now we're back to the court. Ba- oh, we're back we to the court. We were in chambers, and now we're back. We're going back to the courtroom. Because uh, my next note is uh, the, about the cadaver pulling ahead. Well, Bull, everybody's kind of waiting, and, and Bull brings Dan a piece of, a slip of paper, a note. And then when we see Dan's face, we realize that it's the latest mm-hmm. poll numbers. Because yeah. remember... No technology to tell you when you're in the courtroom. Someone yeah. has to physically call in or physically look. So it seems like Bull's been doing this for Dan. Everybody goes, you know, kind of uh, bad news. And, and Dan, in his most fielding, sarcastic voice, the cadaver has opened up its lead. Yep. yep. He's a nerd. And then we... Get- All I can hope yeah. is that there's no afterlife, so he can't gloat. Oh, yeah. Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. We're so far in and we haven't mentioned like yeah. Dan has very depressing lines here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so Harry, Harry's come back. Mm-hmm. In. We're all we're all together now in the courthouse. And yeah, Harry's kind of like, well, we all voted for you. You know, everybody's trying to make them feel better. And in walks Liz. And in the, the discussion of, oh, we've all voted for you. Oh, and then Liz has God. the best bits where everybody she's like, goes like, I sure did. Yeah, me too. I did. It's a special election. And then Dan keeps. Well, pressing. there's before before you got to you got to hit that theater timing. There's the slow turn. So everybody goes, you know, reiterates. Oh, I did. Oh, I certainly mm-hmm. did. Yes, I did. And then there's a pause. And then the slow turn to Liz, which was really good because that in itself before the joke continues yeah. is funny in itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she just looks up like a cat with a canary in its mouth and then in true litigator fashion lays out like well it's a secret ballot and it's our god-given right to vote you our know, most, treasured, most right. treasured right and then fielding yeah fielding keeps going who'd you vote for you know the 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 power to vote and for that to be a private you know you know non-public assertion yeah. is one of our a true you know tip off to democracy whom did you vote for they just mm-hmm. keep going at it he keeps def- trying to defend himself and there there's a back and forth a back and forth and finally she said i voted for the best man i knew it there you yeah. go it's great that was, was that good. was good i i like that he um admits that he's a you know uh, not yeah he he's like yeah it's like dan's discovery that he's not god's gift to Anyone. everyone yeah uh, and then uh we move back towards uh willard returns why does he return by the to way to apologize oh yeah. yes For, okay that's right he returns to apologize he's he's not in his robe anymore uh-huh. he's, in, he's a in a suit yeah looking sharp in that suit by the way he I, is looking I, sharp I should only it's a nice it's a it's a pinstripe three-piece suit. Yeah, mm-hmm. I do. Rem- I don't. I don't have that uh, as a note. I do remember. So it's tailored good. for the, for him. Sorry, kind of Casey. coalescing outside of J- Harry's office, and as they're about to come in, then Willard explains he's returned because to apologize for coming on too strong. And then we turn the lights on in the office, and sweet, sweet Carla B is in her birthday suit. No, she's not. In a towel. She's in it. Why is she? That is weird. Because she would have been naked in any other context. What would she really look like? 
had he walked in there. Here's how I would state naked. it because I thought about this Butt too. Butt cheeks spread. All right. Mm-hmm. And I think that w- how it was written, I am assuming that it was written for her to be in her underwear. Yeah. And that because she gets so much screen time in this capacity, because we need the end when she gets covered up, yeah. we need that moment. She can't cover up before then, that it was denied by the Too network. Much, yeah. And so the towel was a less a because last minute if, addition. If it wasn't like I agree, if it wasn't shot live, like in a play format, if it was filmed, there would have been the cut that would have either been the silhouette of her legs or or the silhouette of her, like clearly naked body on the desk. Well, but also in in the eighties, like been a cut, and she would have. But been I don't somewhere. even think that she would have been naked in real life I because agree. in the eighties, especially the the Teddy was one of the biggest things. Like it wasn't just like, hey, let's let's take it off. It was very like mu- there was a process. I was gonna go kimono. I see Carla B as a kimono woman. I think kimonos too <laughs> yeah, too, went too cumbersome, and also would will defeat where the where we're headed at the end of the show. Yeah, you don't of course, put a, whatever of course. over. A I did agree. I was like towel, but I think that they kind of went weird. for a teddy. Yeah, but I think it was. I too think much. and when and then I got confused. So I was like, well, wait. When we go back a few episodes, there was that beauty pageant that was a farce, and they were all in swimsuits. But a swimsuit at the time, even though same same amount of coverage or lack thereof, doesn't imply different implications. Absolutely, it implies Casey. you're going to go for a swim. A teddy implies you're about to have sex. Yes, it, she was taking a she. She. I mean, she's. I don't know. A towel, so not she's the best choice. In a towel. A baby blue, no sail blue, blue yeah. 80s towel. Ready to get down and dongs and wrongs, all of them. She's ready to do some wrong to that dong. Uh, then my next note is just bowls. Meritrix. Deep pull. Yeah, so, sure was. Well, is it, does Jen, Willard start Willard's, the- Willard's very like, what is going on? And, and Harry's trying to, to figure out where the misunderstanding is. Carla's clearly embarrassed, so we know that it wasn't meant to happen like this. Harry's confused. Lana's jealous. Everything is happening very fast. And I don't I don't know either, but someone's listing off oh terms for hooker, basically. Harry yeah. is defending Carla to judge Bobby uh-huh. and basically saying, like, you know, this person, like, hey, let's there not jump to conclusions. Yeah. yeah, like let's not judge her right off the bat. And and then it starts going. She's a hooker. She's a prostitute. She's a this. She's a that. She's a that. And and Harry's like, you can call her, you know, all of those things. And then Bull, Meritrix, Meritrix, which was a registered prostitute in Rome. That was the name for a when prostitution was a respected. Oh, is which, that profession? Which I turn really in, turn in tricks. Perhaps is that where that comes from? Very much could be Meritrix. Turn in tricks. Oh shit. Well, dominate yes. tricks. Dominate tricks is yeah. spelled the same way because it's T R I X, and turn and tricks is more a T R I C K S. So it could be an adaptation, but yeah. but certainly we get quite a bit from the Latin language. But what I really loved about it is that Bull comes in with this. Everybody does that that slow turn to Bull, and he goes, "Look it up." Yeah, yeah. Kind of like it's like it a I, it was a Scrabble dictionary moment of totally. like th- their looks were the challenge and he was like yeah fine like go for it I'm right and I'm the idiot 
Exactly. Yep. Yep. Again, that was another thing that uh, solidified then, this so, moment of so bull yeah. Hitting so Carla spot. is humiliated as we as we've said. She moves to the window. Oh, as all of this is happening, Selma walks in and sees Carla in a window in a towel and everybody looking at her. And in classic Carla fashion, at Selma most fashion, I was expecting charades. And then she goes her. to the bar. Uh, Carla says, uh, "No, Carla. Carla's now kind of out of her embarrassment. She's like, I'm gonna go crazy with this, and she's like, By she goes way, to the you window. Guys didn't, probably didn't meet um, Carla's, uh, not Carla, Selma's sister in the last episode, Stelma. At the end of the last episode, did you, Stelma? Stelma? No. <laughs> oh, you can take a just. Everybody can go fast forward to the end of the last episode and meet Stelma. I haven't listened to it." I don't blame you, <laughs> but, but there is, but there is a minute at the end where uh, we 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 meet the late Selma's sister, Stelma. Stelma? Post spoiler. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, so Carla throws her clothes out of the window, and and she goes, "Well, let's party." Mm-hmm. And Selma goes, "Bars open." Yep, and walks straight to it. And then Carla threatens to jump if anyone leaves. Mm-hmm. Which does not floors. suit the stuffy starch shirt of Robert Willard. So Willard can't leave, but Dan has a really great line because she's like, you know, I'll I'll fall to my death or, or anything. Basically, like, I'll jump if anybody leaves. And Dan goes, I have stood next to death and people liked him better. I know. <laughs> it's so good. Existential crises. Oh, it's so good. Uh, so Judge is... Harry's desperately trying to get shit organized, get people together, keep Carla from jumping, keep the stuffy ass judge in the room. And uh You know who Carla reminds me of in that window? She reminds me of um Jenny, who's played by um Jenny from Forrest Gump. Robin Wright. Oh, Robin who's Wright. played by Robin Wright. And this here we go. Robin Wright is, in my opinion, one of the most beautiful women in the world. Okay, I thought you were going to go all Tom Cruise trolley no, on it, no, and no, I was no, like, no. not but Robin no. Wright. In that, scene, in that scene when she's in the 70s on that balcony in the ledge with that music oh, going after on. after she does that toot? She looks so, she looks Carla B. Skaggy. Carla uh-huh. B. Skaggs. The B. The B. Skaggs. So I'm just saying... Um, I don't know why I was saying it. It was reminding me of that. And she says something like, I want to know what it's like to fly. This episode mm-hmm. is fucking dark. Yeah. So she's in the episode and she <laughs> says that line, I want to know what it's like to fly. Harry tries to defuse it by like, ah, you get bugs in your face and the wind in your hair and pigeons, pigeons will hit you. Um, the judge again tries to leave. Harry's playing hardball with the judge. And then Carla gives the speech about why she thinks she's mad at Harry because he was nice to her. Yeah, and she's conflicted. If you've lived a hard life like hers in a world where like nobody where shows her nice any genuine you, love, unless they want to f- fuck her, yeah, they need something from her. Exactly. And those who are nice without needing anything are are in love. Yeah. Which is true. Like that's what happens. Like this is it's 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 horrible. It's a bit. It's heavy-handed in the episode, in my opinion. The way it's mm-hmm. like, no one shows me love. You show me love. So, I, but you yeah. have to be. I mean, that's okay. It's, it's yeah. It, it goes. It goes across. from zero to sixty incredibly fast. I think really quickly to backtrack. Really quickly, the first 
first ditch effort to get her down, Lana says, like, I'll talk to her woman to woman, and then Lana's fucking rude. Yeah. Yeah. She's a prude. Uh, that, She's the old prude yeah, with the lights need to put, on. She goes, get down from there. So at first you think like it's going to be a like, hey, I'm sorry for what I'm said earlier. No, or she's like, just a... And she's just a B. She's, she's a B. She's a B to Carla B. She's being a B. She's being a B. B skag. So then to diffuse all of everybody's bullshit, Harry gives the speech about after Lana's rude. But before it... it does need to be said that Fielding is currently on the phone with the operator trying to get in touch with his city council campaign headquarters. Yeah. So and he's he, on the phone yep. with an operator right now, which is, you know, important <laughs> number one, because there are a couple more digs uh, yeah. about the guy that's losing to the dead guy and so on and so forth, where he's trying to clarify to the operator wh- what he needs to get a hold of. But also it's just it needs to be known that there's a there's an open line. Yeah. Which is a great classic bit because he just goes, it's great. yes, and he turns the phone to the what is what effectively shows our classic. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, fuck, here we go. Harry Stone, well, maybe I am in love. I was like, oh, fuck, yeah. here comes the hug. It does come after it. Harry's stern dad voice is always followed by, um, you know, his his Softness. diatribe, his soft message because yeah. yeah. he's like, Carla B., Get out of that! I'm just like, oh, it gives me chills when Stone hits dad voice because it's good. He's a good actor. Yeah. So his stern voice and after a guy who's been buying fucking plastic flowers and buzzers, you just go, oh, I hate when cool guy gets serious for a minute. But then he oh, likes the mood. mood. Uh, so, yeah, he gives the speech about like. Well, maybe I was nice to you because maybe I am in love with you. Like, what is love really? And he sort of dissects the idea of, like, what love feels like or what it can be or what it will be. And you can't really control it. And everyone is just listening. And that's when the Dan Fielding's on the phone and he goes, yeah, yeah, just a second. I really wrote down, like, I'd like to buy the world a Coke. Yeah, it is very, like I like to buy the world a Coke. Kumbaya, yeah. Yeah, yeah, sure. Love. Uh, and then Harry finishes it with sitting next to Carla in the window, and he holds her hand like a gentleman yep. would hold a gentlewoman's hand, and he kisses it, and he says, I've always wanted to do that. So sweet. So sweet. But then um, we, let's not gloss over my favorite, favorite Back and forth. There's not really a joke here. It's just seems like something Casey, you and I would have wrote because it's just it's almost Hemingway-esque in the way it's written. And I'm not going to the Selma joke or anything. She just goes, thanks for the dignity. And he goes, thanks. Thanks for the thanks pudding. for the pudding. Yep. There's a lot lying underneath the ocean of the that pudding. iceberg, yep. baby. Well, and right before that, oh, yeah. he looks he looks at Judge Willard yep. and says, you know, I'm not fit for these robes. Judge. I don't. I don't need to be a part of your club, and maybe I'm not fit for these robes. And he takes off a robe, and the audience is supposed to think like, "Oh my goodness, like what's happening?" And he puts it around and Carla. But and didn't you that's... think it was gross that he just had like a shirt and no pants on under that robe? <laughs> and his old Harry, Harry, his, old his Harry's Prince Albert Harry piercing was oh, yeah. old '80s shag down there. <laughs> Gross. 
Uh, so then, Night yeah, then court we, panel, here we come. Yeah. I literally, the boner comes out and it's like one of those joke guns with a boing. It shoots confetti out of it. <laughs> oh, gross. He just yanks on his balls and it goes. Okay. Uh, so then she she goes, uh, thank you for the dignity. Thank you for the pudding. Hot dignity. They're hot dignity. They're ushering them out and they ask Selma, hey, Selma, can we can we get her some clothes? And Selma is like. I think I got extra clothes in my locker. What size are you? Seven. And what was it? Extra shriveled. <laughs> Love it. Size seven. Extra, extra shriveled. shriveled. She is the ultimate proto-feminist. She doesn't give a fuck. Uh, and then we're closing in on my favorite part of the episode. Oh, do you, yeah, wait, we do are. You think, so- do you think Selma... like? Does Selma like everyone or does she like, fuck, Lana's a... Like, Selma just loves everybody. I think, I don't think that Selma loves or hates everybody. I think Selma's one of those people that you see, I'm not one of these people, but one of those people that you see at your job that's just like, hey, I'm here, this is, it It doesn't matter if I would be friends with you outside of work or not, we're here, we're stuck together, this is the dynamic, like, I'm sure outside of work, Selma would hate someone like Lana, but inside of work, she's just like, oh, that's Lana. Because it's easier for her just to be like, she's fine. Am I going to go out, hang out with her? I think Fuck she's- no. She's Did also- she be my friend? A, Never. She's yeah. also a person that has seen these people come in and come out and the rotating quote unquote cast, if you will. Yeah. Of Night Court. Yeah. She's been she, a bailiff she's for the 20 con- years. Yeah. She's uh, the, yeah. the constant in that oh, building. Everybody else true. is new or in and out. So- she knows, like, hey, you're here. You're gonna leave. You're gonna be gone. At some I'm point. gonna be here, which makes it even more sad that that we don't get yeah. Selma for the entirety of the run. But I, uh, oh man, I was so I, I had to quick turn uh, close a window on my computer because I was doing some Selma search, and I saw her replacement, and I also happened to see what's coming so fucking soon. I was like, God damn, such a bummer, man. I think yeah. for her too, like, because she was such a hustler, and this was a good gig. And she like uh-huh. she got into it real quick, and uh, she got robbed. I will say, night court. All right, I forget. Uh, we were talking about Selma. Oh my love, yeah, my my bad. dear love. Yeah, it's too. Thanks for dignity. Sad. Um, but not. I wonder how we got a we got a Selma segment. We don't have. A yeah, we got to do a Selma segment. We will have to do. Uh, I will. You know what? I will. I will get on it. I will. I will hold myself to the. I will put my shriveled arms to the fire. Well, Selma has taken Carla B out. Yep. Willard has left. So mm-hmm. now it's now it's the gang and they're they've put on the radio. Yep. Yep. Something very romantic about uh, nostalgic, I guess, about that little radio, but also about the mm-hmm. way didn't you feel like you're watching a, a we keep coming back watching a show on stage, right? Yep. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. For that, Absolutely. You put the radio on, you hear it come over the speaker. It was it was good. I liked I liked it. Uh, and we find out that Dan is lost. I thought he would win. I thought he would pull it out last minute. In a stunning reason. upset. Yeah. He is lost to a dead man. Uh, and then he's reassured. I forget if it's by Lana, but basically it was, I bet they didn't know he was dead. To uh, which Fielding goes, they knew. They knew. Oh, yeah. He's devastated. He's going to go hang himself. He's not going to uh, put that lemon in his mouth, if you know what I mean. No, nope, not to revive him. He's going deep sleep, yep. forever sleep. Uh, then uh, they reveal they reveal a cake. They got Dan a cake. Sure did. 
and they open it up and like, does does Bull say, look, there's writing. Someone goes, look, there's writing on it. I believe he does. Yeah. Uh, so Dan, I believe takes it's Bull. I mean, yeah. cake out to read it. And the cake says, Dan, Dan, he's our man. If he can't do it, no body can. can. Yep. Then he shoves that cake in that. Ex- so, oh, Jay! This, is, this is the best. You're blowing the yeah. tone of it. Yeah, that's not the tone of it. It's so good. Because he has it. it in his hands and he's reading it lovingly. And he just looks up to them and he says, I will treasure this always. It's a genuine thank you. And you're just like, wow, like, this has changed Dan Fielding. He's seen the light. Are you guys out of your mind again? <laughs> no. Yet again the at the cake end of this into episode. his open briefcase. You guys turn it off early. It shuts it. It's so And it good. squirts out of the sides and he leaves with a cake in his briefcase. It's the best. So you, the I best. really thought Dan had turned a corner. Like, I wrote down genuine thank you and then he puts it in his briefcase and i was like damn it can only can only the true scumbags read the see the true scumbags because i i caught that drift right away you really thought he was being genuine yeah i did just like you thought that little shoeshine boy needed a dime to buy chiclets I, I really like did. that it, he did it in all earnestness. It would the it the, so the line as delivered was very earnest. I will treasure that. I'll treasure this always. <laughs> I, guys, come on! It's so but good. it's it would have been funny no, had was... he just dropped it on the floor. Right, it would have fit with that tone, like he was being a, an asshole. But he drops it in his open briefcase and shuts it, oh, which God. is so weird and absurd. I like, love it. It's the best. Yes, the way that cake squirts out the sides. In the way he was holding it, for one split second in my brain, I was like, it'd be funny if he puts his cake in that briefcase. For no reason other than it was sitting there just open. And then when it happened, I was like, what the fuck? Wow. I saw all of that coming, you guys. I saw every... I I it was I I was like the guy with that in that show where he gets the newspaper delivered in the morning and he can read the future. Oh, yes. Early delivery. Oh, it's so good. It is good. I mean, I thought it when it was open, but I just was like, I don't know why it would go there. It's funny that it did. Oh, very. <laughs> so that was it. That was the end. Yeah, Gigi. so that it's gavel bang time. What what'd you think, Hans? You know, I, I was I've been running it through my head as as I've told you. I I'm thinking my gavel bang on this one. I've been harsh today in life. It might have come across a little bit in the podcast, but I'm going to give this episode for genuine, for genuinosity. What the fuck is wrong with me? Genuinity? (laughs) What is that word? Genuineness? Genuine character? Yeah. You are being genuine. Oh, I'm being genuine, but I felt the show was being genuine and and a true representation of, um people and feelings and everybody's equal and there was a good message i'm taking it too far i'm giving seven gavel seven gavel bangs seven gbs seven seven i'm going i'm gonna go nine i go nine. Oh, I, I did eight damn and i thought i was being real good on this one well, and i did i did eight personally because i liked that it wasn't too dramatic in terms of storyline could have been i liked sure that been, yeah that we we did have a little bit of that you know even though we got the harry stone speech 
which we always, you know, we always get. We God, also had, had a little bit of farcical aspects to it of like the lady and the towel and this and that and the rose. Like even, you know, I, I think there were a lot of good moments. I think it kept it really lighthearted. And I think that every character really held their own. Like, I always love it when I see some Liz. I always love it. Yeah. So I, I, I gave a definite eight for hitting a stride of what I remembered nostalgically and loved Night Court for. Is that your highest yeah. gavel bang of the, the run thus far, Case? So far, yeah. I Ooh. usually go high. I would have went eight, but I thought the finish, the you damn love that finish. Joke. It really did cap it for <laughs> it me, so honestly. Good. It really was good. I think, then, I think that was like the moment you took that perfect sip of Kentucky Burby and that joke hit you just right. <laughs> it just, I thought it was a good episode because it could have got, when I saw it was Weegee at the end. Yeah. Oh, he did. He screamed in delight like, yeah, Weegee, of course this was Weegee. I agree. It of course it was, been, yeah. Like, it had all the hallmarks of his episodes, like. There are a lot of little jokes. Yes. Mm-hmm. But then there's a there's the bigger message like love and friendship and appreciating each other. I just thought it it clicked. Unison like it clicked. It was fast too. There were no dull moments. It kept its like, pace. We very talked for well. an hour before the intro, but like a lot of shit happened in quick succession in a lot of shit that set shit up that yeah. was important not just for a bit joke yeah, but for the remainder of the episode that's that's why i gave it nine because everything paid, paid off. off there yeah. wasn't a wasted the fish sticks guy wasn't wasted it wasn't just a one-off joke do you like seafood it was literally probably my second favorite line because it's of easy the night. to yeah. do because you have the gallows and then there was the episode with the uh the newspaper guy mm-hmm where he's got a goofy, weird joke, but that he's just there to facilitate a joke. I thought everything kept moving forward. You know, I also really liked that we didn't, you know, yeah, we had Fish Ticks guy, but really it was for a bit. We didn't really have a, a case. Court. Yeah, no, it wasn't yeah. A- nope. Yeah. Well, the, interestingly enough, we didn't mention it, and I guess it's not necessary. This was the first time we did see a piece of a case that mattered nothing. It was strictly for transition. It yeah. cut in yeah. and judge just said, da-da-da, 10-day suspended sentence, moving on. What's next, Lana? And she says, we're done for the day, and it moves the story along. It's like, interesting transition. I don't. I wouldn't want that every time. Like, I think it's really important for Night Court to have a, a case of the day. Yeah. But for how they utilized not having one this time and yeah. for bringing in, again, what we've been questioning, like the other scope of Night Court, like right. the... It- it broke what could be, what is the formula. Like, the case is what thrusts the characters forward. It's always the case and their reaction to it. Like, whether it's the fake Santa Claus, or the the couple they can't figure out, or the fake mom, or the beauty pageant. Like, they're always reacting to the case. This was the episode where it was just, it was just character driven. Yeah. It was just them. And we, we finally other. got a, a nice, tasty CB radio. Carla B. Softy. I'm always a softy for those wilted roses. Oh, yeah. I got to tell you, um, I think a, a good place to roll is my um, my Amazon kept running. And I'll, I'll give a little taste of the next. I'll leave you with, uh, I saw a taste of what's to come. What's a four-letter word for malarkey? Shit. No spoilers.
I'm leaving you with it. Oh, I thought if you were asking me a question, you're gonna you're gonna move on and you're gonna. I don't know. I don't need to preface it, but I'll leave you with that. What's it. a four letter word for malarkey? My answer would be. Guys, I just came back from the present or future. Wait, what's quantum leap? I wrote a quantum leap on Mike Post's hot theme song licks to stop Casey Nash mainly from spoiling this bit I was trying. But also to thank you guys for listening, and we hope you come back next week. And if you like it, share the podcast, download some episodes, check us out on Facebook. Um, If you write a review, that really, really helps us the most. Get more people find the podcast. More people find the get more people find the podcast. Also, if you want to hear more of this twice, uh, check out the Jerk Practice Pod on iTunes as well at Jerk Practice Pod on Facebook. Have a good night, Court. Take me out, Mikey Post. I I got donged, <laughs> but I just saw that I was like that was um, <laughs> I my my intention at the end of this episode has been thwarted because I didn't discuss it with you previously, um, <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs>